On this episode, we smoke the Oliva Siri V Milano Maduro. We talk about cigar vitolas, and we have a lot of fun. Welcome to the show. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Burn Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Thacker Jr. And I'm your host, Keith Luter. And we are coming to you not live from the hot box, the smoke-filled back room of the Blanco Cigar Lounge, Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing well, enjoying this fantastic coffee. Oh, this is great stuff, man. Once again, this is the Lincoln Blockade from River Bottom Roasting. That's a good coffee. So this week, we are smoking the Oliva Siri V Melania Madero. So the last couple of weeks, we've smoked some uh, lower-end cigars. They're more affordable cigars, and so we're going to the opposite end this time, right to the top shelf, huh? That's right. So what we uh, are smoking here... For you guys, since this is audio only, this is the box pressed Figurado, which is kind of a, a rare Vitola. You don't see a lot of these. Very, Very unique. Yeah. Um, which, you know, fits in because we're going to talk about Vitolas today, right? Which is the size and shape of your cigar. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But before we get to the official cutting and lighting of this cigar, just a few notes. Uh, first of all, the presentation. This cigar retails here at Union Cigar Hanover for $17.25. While a box of 10 will set you back $138, a savings of $35 over the stick price. That's basically like getting two free cigars. And it is a 6.5 by 52 Figurado box pressed. Uh, the presentation is interesting for... I guess where this sits in the food chain, um, the box of 10 sort of communicates exclusivity. Um, the golden brown label, which is you know a staple of Oliva, uh, really presents their brand, I think, well. And it has a very, like, I don't know. To me, this, this reminds me of, like, a, a 64 Buick Riviera, you know, Ooh, okay. like... It's got that elegance, that little muscle car, that, you know, uh, gentleman, but there's something underneath, you know, like wolf in, uh, wolf in a three-piece suit type of look to the branding. Um, and I think, I think the reason for that is that the actual wrapper is pretty rustic. Like the presentation of the physical cigar is pretty rustic, but then it's surrounded by some pretty nice... Uh, Nice labeling, branding, boxing, or whatever. So, yeah, like, um, you know, taking the rock and putting him in a three-piece suit or something like that. Okay, you know? yeah. Uh, that's how it kind of comes across to me. It comes across to me like a, like a Wonka bar from Willy Wonka. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what it puts me in mind of. It's like, it has this nice classic look to it. It's just nice looking. It's, you know, a little bit of gold to it. It's nice. I like it's this a lot. It's not pretentious. Exactly, right? and like I, it's I nice that, but not pretentious. I see that a lot in cigars, man, and I don't really see it in this one. Good. Well, um, before we officially cut and light our cigar, I'm going to remove the Milano band. So there are two bands: the Oliva Serie V band and then the Milano Maduro band. 
And the reason I'm going to do that is it is sliding all over the place. And I don't want to accidentally slide it into my cherry because I don't pay as close attention when I'm podcasting. And the other one slides right off as well. I really appreciate that on a $17 cigar. I do not want to tear up my wrapper getting right. the getting the label off. Oh, that came off like butter. You see that? Just whoop, yeah, it just slides off. And I think real part quick. of that's the shape. Yeah. Right? And it is time for our official cutting. And we are going to clip this cigar with authority. And, of course, I have to do several clips because my cutter has a uh, backstop on it. Ooh, I don't know if that's going to work. You want this cutter? No, no. I don't know if it's going to work because uh, of the shape of the Figurato. Until I light the end, I don't know the strength of the draw. I see. And I was explaining last week that the resistance in the draw is one of the surprisingly uh, highly rated aspects of my cigar smoking experience that affects the amount of enjoyment I get out of the cigar. So it feels like a tough draw, but I don't want to clip more off until I light it. Right. And and get the actual draw because the end that uh, I'm about to light right here, you can see how it's constricted with the Figurato wrapper. Right. And so until that kind of opens up, uh, it's going to be restricted. So it is time for the official lighting of the cigar. And as always, we remind you, toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. It's toasted. I get it. So today, Keith, I have a type of lighter oh, that different. we did not discuss yeah. uh, last week. We are definitely not going to say the brand name of the cigar lighter, partly because this is a Chinese knockoff that cost probably $1,000 less than if this was the name brand. Uh, but this is a soft flame butane lighter. And... The benefit is oh, it's interesting looking. you cannot roast your cigar with this. Just like with the Zippo or an open match, it's a soft flame. You can't blow it away. Uh, the downsides are it just doesn't uh, hold up in any kind of breeze whatsoever. So we didn't talk about soft flame butane when we talked about types of lighters, so I thought I would throw that in there. Uh, I really like it because, you know, you can't screw up your cigar with it. Um, but the flip side is it's not as precise. The flame, you know, wobbles around, unlike with a jet, um, although it does burn a little cooler. And the best part about it, you know, you can feel the top of the lighter. It's completely cool. Yeah, okay. You know, I had that on for seven seconds there. Right. And cool to the touch. So, um, yeah, a uh, knockoff of a French brand of lighter that we're not going to mention on the show, because fuck those guys until they pay me. So, <clears throat> all of us, Siri V, Melania Maduro, a little bit about this uh, cigar. It is a 65 by 52 Figurato box-pressed, as we mentioned. Um, cigar Snob gave it the Cigar of the Year Award in 2021 with a rating of 95. Uh, the wrapper, it's a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, San Andres. The binder and filler are sun-grown in the Jalapa region of Nicaragua. And uh, let's take a few puffs and see what we're tasting. Right off the rip, I get a lot of cocoa, I get a lot of espresso, and a little bit of spice. 
right off the rip. That's that's very prominent. Yeah. Um, I think the the dominant flavor for me right now is actually the cedar. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely like the cocoa, but it to me it has sort of a um, sweet and sour kind of okay. taste. Um, yeah. And I think that you know it's not like it's not a citrus sour. Um, it's like a cedar sour, right? You know, um, not as much earth as I would expect. We'll see how it burns down with the uh, San Andres uh, wrapper. Usually expect a little, you know, earthy, dirty, uh, and from the sun-grown uh, Nicaraguan, I do expect some some pepper, but I'm not picking that up yet. Mm. Uh, right now, I would say it's like sweet and sour. Okay, cocoa and cedar primarily. I definitely get like a le- like a leathery mm-hmm. mouthfeel to it as mm-hmm. well, and you know, let's not get too generic. So, um, instead of cocoa, mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, dark chocolate. Yeah. Okay. Right. So not sweet chocolate, but yeah. you know how dark chocolate has like that sort of bitter sour thing, right? Um, but definitely chocolate for sure. Yeah. Uh, to me, here's what this tastes like. This tastes like if you get one of those um, little bars of dark chocolate that come in like the purple wrapper and say like, you know, 90% ground up cocoa bean, you know, type of deal that costs like nine ninety nine for uh, two square inches or whatever. You get one of those. If you took that and you just threw it up in the air and smacked a home run with a cedar baseball oh, bat. Okay. And then you licked the bat. That's what the cigar yeah, tastes like. Okay. All right. Did you ever go, are you a Starbucks guy? I mean, I go from time to time. Obviously, until they pay for advertising on the show, I'm not a Starbucks guy. Right. But continue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I haven't really found them anywhere else, but there's these little chocolate-covered, like, espresso beans. Uh Uh-huh. And that's what this reminds me of. You know, that's a really good one. I like that. Like, dark chocolate over an espresso bean? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. Like, I'm waiting for this to burn down, because I'm in the, like, the first half inch for me. Um the the feel of the smoke on my palate is different. Like right. to me, it feels like someone is like dragging a silk handkerchief across the top of my palate. Like it's really silky. And right. Like you know, some some smoke is chewy. You know, some is just there. This almost feels like cream and silk. The actual smoke. You feel that, like when I you do. hold it in the back of your palate, especially if you're going to retro ale, right? Yeah, it's not harsh by any means. It's a uh, very smooth finish to it, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, and that's the actual smoke itself. So we are going to talk about uh, vitolas a little bit later, and so we thought it was fitting to smoke a figurado, right? Instead of kind of your typical toro or robusto, um, and I will tell everybody out there a little secret uh when i have the opportunity to buy a specific cigar in a figurado or we'll talk about some other vitolas but anything other than your standard round cigar um i buy it and the reason i do is it takes more skill and so the guys that are wrapping this cigar that are rolling it are the more skilled Mm -hmm. rollers and so you're you're much more likely to get a good, highly consistent cigar with this Vitola as opposed to the one that 
you know, the guy that graduated from rolling school two days ago can roll, <laughs> right? Yeah, some of those guys, they got to be rolling for about eight years before they get trusted with some of the more finer smoke. Yeah, that that's correct. So um, to me, it's just a, it's like a risk reduction strategy. Right. Um, unless the available Vitolas, you know, I don't like the Figurado. Uh, I like the Parejo. Um, then I will. So, for example, if I, you know, have a, um, I don't know, Presidente versus a Petite Corona mm. for a cigar like the, um, oh, the Killer Bee, you know, from Blackworks. Well, I'm going to get the Petite Corona because anything more than that, I can't smoke. Yeah, I'm going to put it out. Palette record it, for it's sure. It's a palette record, you know. Um, so, so there have been times... Like, can you imagine if Padron's little hammer came as a big hammer? Oh, God. <laughs> There's no way, man. Like, <laughs> I'd be passed out. So so there there are some exceptions. But but just as a risk mitigation strategy, if I have the choice of a Figurado Vitola versus a Parejo Vitola, I'm going to choose the Figurado because it requires a higher-skilled uh, roller, and so you're more likely to get a well-constructed cigar. Oh, Absolutely. You know, and I found out that some of these rollers, you know, due to the skill that is needed for that specific, you know, Vitola, some of them, they're, they're very exclusive, if you will. For mm-hmm. example, I believe I remember hearing that the um, the pipe-shaped cigar from DBL, they only make about 18 of those a day. Right. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> I got to get my hands on one of those for my uh, collection humidor. I just have a few... Because I believe cigars are meant to be smoked. I smoke yeah. everything, but there's a few that I save. I saved the uh, second generation Reserva that we smoked uh, the other week on the podcast because it's a damn good cigar. Heck yeah, it, heck yeah it is. Limited to 500 boxes. And someday, you know, I'll go back and smoke that. In, in 2022, this was a phenomenal value cigar, right? Yeah. From Dominican Republic. Um, and I'll remember, you know. So I've got a few, a few from LCA because they're never coming back, oh, you God. know. <laughs> but I want that pipe, that that pipe cigar, just because of what it is. Yeah, they have a pipe, but they also have a baseball bat, and I don't know how, how many they make a day for the baseball bat, but I know that pipe. It's about twelve to eighteen a day. Mm-hmm. And there's only one person probably that can. I believe so. In, in the whole factory, yeah. All right, so now that we're a little further in, like we're we're firmly into the first third now. Um, I will say the pepper has picked up. Um, definitely has a creamy component. Um, part of that is mouthfeel, right? The feel of the smoke. Um, I wouldn't say that it tastes like cream, but it's a creamy experience. It has that texture. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it has a, a very uh, almost surprisingly sophisticated texture because the, the cigar looks rustic. And then you smoke it, and it's, like, very fine. Um, also a little surprising because Mexican San Andres wrapper, you know, those are kind of famous for being, like, dirty, earthy, you know, strong uh, wrappers. Padron uses that, for example, right? Um it's not as strong as I thought it would be. Like, where would you peg this in the strength right now? 
honestly, first impression, I would I'd probably put this in the light to medium, but mm. it's not by no means. This is definitely a mid to full bodied cigar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, right now it's smoking mid full, mm-hmm. but I think it's also um, a little bit of a sleeper in the sense that it's so smooth, right? And the flavors work together so well that it feels like a little milder than it actually is. Right. And I can tell because when I do that thing with my tongue where I, I do the palate check, you know, I rub the rub my tongue against my palate, it helps you retaste the cigar. Right. And when you can retaste all of the flavors, you know it's it's fucking hitting your taste buds. Right. right? This is actually a really strong full cigar. But because it's not punching me in the throat, I think it feels milder than it is. So I'm pegging it at mid-full right now. It wouldn't surprise me if it picks up to full or even really full uh, as I smoke it down. But we're, we're going to find out, right? Yeah, it certainly will hit um, it'll certainly hit that uh, full-bodied range here soon. But like I said, it's – I don't know the right word for it. It's, it's just very tricky, if you will. Mm-hmm. I also noticed it is smoking very cool. Oh, which yeah. Is probably why it's so creamy and enjoyable. Yes, this is a superbly constructed cigar. Look at the look at the way the ash looks. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And both of us have a um nice burn line which is kind of important considering what we named the podcast, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't fuck mine up this week. It's just uh I don't I don't want to fuck up our poker table here. Right, right. <laughs> I don't want to screw up the table by by ashing on it, so I'm very, very cautious to ash out a little bit. But it will. I will say it will hold its ash. The burn line holds, and it just looks great. Yeah. So for all of you guys that are out there joining us, um, we're in the hot box. It's a uh, back room back here at the Blanco Lounge, Union Cigars, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. We have got a snack machine. We have got a pushing prizes. Uh, like a coin drop, coin drop machine. We've got cigar lockers, coolers, propane, random shit, and we are set up on a round poker table. This is your your poker table, right? Yeah. We've enjoyed a game or two, a hand or two of. Uh, oh, and I crossed them. You guys should have seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just because I left, if I hadn't had to leave, uh, uh, I swept uh-huh. the house. Uh-huh. That's yeah. Dallas rematch. Listen, rematch. the house, the house always wins. We know this. <laughs> uh huh. Actually, I learned that lesson the other week. John, the owner, came in the other week, and you know we're playing for cigars. It's a cigar to ten dollar below to um to buy in, mm-hmm. and I oh, got that man cleaned house. I learned my lesson that night. Why do you think they call me the house? Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> no, but uh, this is a really cool smoky back room setup. Honestly, oh, like yeah. it's uh, it's got that feel, you know, like we're. It almost like we're pirates, you know, smoking these cigars, right. you know, or, or mafiosos or something. Um, so I would say at this point, you know, we're we're firmly into the first third. Definitely dark chocolate. The pepper has picked up. The mm. cedar has stabilized. Uh, and there's a little nutty component. And I think that goes along with, like, the creamy silk. Almost like if you took a mouthful of cashews, like how it makes your mouth feel. Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, That's actually a perfect description. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where we are with the Oliva Serie V Milano Maduro. Um, 
with that, I think it is time for our tobacconist tip of the week. And now your tobacconist tip of the week from Keith Luter. Right, so our tobacconist tip of the week. Let's go over purging your lighters. Mm-hmm. So when you go to refill your lighter, you may notice that it's not sparking, it's not it's not flaming up. That's because you have to purge it before you fill it. And we're talking about butane lighters. I'm sorry, yes, butane butane flame lighters. Yep. So with that, one of the ways that we have the shop here, one of our methods is that we take a, take a previously used, an empty butane uh, can, yep. poke some holes in the bottom of it, just make sure it's empty because otherwise it's going to, it's going to, you know, come, come back at you, uh-huh. but poke some holes in the bottom and use that as a purge can because what's gonna, mm. what that's going to do now, um, instead of taking like a screwdriver or mm-hmm. a pin tip to your lighter and possibly breaking that tip, mm-hmm. um, now it's going to be a perfect fit and that purge, it's going to go right into the can instead of all over your hand. Right. It's a perfect right. fit every time and that's going to perfectly expel any of the, the extra air, the extra air and butane. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's going to leave it for when you would refill it and recharge that butane lighter, it's going to be perfect every time. See, I really like that because I have a couple of lighters, like this electronic uh, Perdomo lighter. The metal surround of the nipple has a cross cut in it that you put the screwdriver in mm-hmm. to turn it up and down. So it doesn't have like the thumb wheel or something easy. And so because of that, it's a very narrow fit uh, around that nipple. If you slip a small screwdriver in there, you risk damaging the metal surround that changes the right. flame strength. And if you use a pen, because you can't, there's not space to really slip a ballpoint pen off to the side, it's actually going to blow the ink back up through the pen. And I've ruined quite a few mm. pens that way, so I, I always use a cheap, cheap pen when I do that trick. So next time uh, we have an empty butane can, yep. just poke some holes in the bottom. It fits over the nipple perfectly. It's designed to. And now it lets the gases out so you can refill refill properly and all the way up. I like that. That's a great tip. Thank, Thank you, you, Keith. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to use that one. I hadn't actually uh, heard of that one before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not many shops have purge cans, but I learned that trick from Ron from uh, our, actually our Blanco rep. He had came in asking for our purge can. I'm like, our, our what? <laughs> and that's when he had told me about this this trick of the trade. And ever since then, I've, I've been using it daily. Well, thank you for that, uh, Keith. And a little note on the cigar. I don't know where you're at, but um, my strength has picked up pretty considerably as I near the second third. I mean, I'm Absolutely. definitely in the full. It's definitely full bodied now. No question about it. It's still incredibly smooth, incredibly silky, nutty, rich. But it's also starting to assert its authority yeah. on the palate. I think. Well, say it complements this this coffee very well. Oh yes, this is a wonderful cigar to smoke, especially with black coffee. I like my coffee black. Um, I think this is a great cigar pairing coffee. And you know, hanging out in the lounge more and and hanging out with all the customers, I've been starting to use less creamer. Yeah. And I've been trying to pull back from using sugar in my coffee. So I, all I used today was just sugar in my coffee. And it just, it's, it's perfect, man. This is a great coffee, a great cigar, great pairing. Well, it helps that uh, here at Union, you guys serve real coffee. Mm-hmm. This is not some fucking donut shop, you know, K-cup in a Keurig. This is 
Like you weigh out the beans, grind them fresh. There's still oil in the beans. Right. Like this is real coffee. And it's one of the reasons I love Union Cigar is that makes the cigar smoking experience more pleasurable. The last thing you want is to pair some shitty drink with your cigar. Right. Uh, well, it's not the last thing. <clears throat> the last thing I want is to go wait in that goddamn line at Dunkin' Donuts that wraps <laughs> out into the highway to, <laughs> to, to try to get. And, and Dunkin's coffee's not that great. Don't tell anyone I said that. By the way, if uh, Dunkin' wants to advertise on this show, I take it all back. Um, Absolutely. So <laughs> or Starbucks. <laughs> or Starbucks, yeah. Um, so, Vitolas. You're going to talk about Vitolas today. And I got to be honest with you, this may end up being a multi part series because this is a very, very big, in-depth topic. Oh, absolutely. So Vitola is the name for your cigar presentation, size and shape. And so if you hear the word Vitola, that's all they mean. Like, take a um, any cigar like this, Oliva CRV Melania Maduro. Uh, Union has two Vitolas on the shelf. I think one is a Robusto, and then there's this Figurato. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the difference? And it's the size and shape. So before we dive into that, really quick, what are your favorite Vitolas? I think my favorite is the Corona. Okay. Uh, One reason is the ratio of wrapper to the rest of the cigar means it's usually pretty flavorful. The second is it's a shorter smoke. Um, So if something comes up, and you know me, like I'm high speed, low drag, which is a polite way of saying ADHD. I've always got irons in the fire, and I might need to go do something or think I need to go do something. And then I, I can usually finish the cigar, but if I don't, I'd feel less guilty. Right. Um, I think, you know, it's it's a great portable cigar. And then if I want to spend longer smoking, I can smoke two of them, right? Right. Um, I have really switched over to uh, Toro for a lot of cigars because most of the blenders in the old days, and I'm going to say pre-2010, the shape that the blenders would make to taste their cigars was the Corona. Right. That's how the cigar is supposed to taste. Um, All of the guys that I've talked to or heard talking about it since 2010 or so, they're actually blending in the Toro, and that's what they're tasting and blending to because that's what sells the most in the United States, Mm -hmm. which is a huge cigar market, the hugest cigar market right now. and so with the Toro, you're kind of getting how the cigar is supposed to taste, and I like to start there. I might switch later. Now, having said all that, if I have the opportunity to buy a Figurato, I do because it's probably going to be blended or wrapped by, I should say, uh, a roller that has a lot of experience. Um, so that's kind of like how I choose my there you go. my Vitolas. So I think where we need to start here is the difference between size and shape. Um, And we'll start with size because it's easy. Um, Cigars are measured in ring gauge. So when we say size, there's a length and then there's a girth. And that's what they call me is girth. That is my nickname. (laughs) That is my legal nickname. I was waiting, waiting for all of the jokes here. That's right. Um, So a ring gauge is a 64th of an inch. So if you have a, like the inch by Carrillo, that is a 64 ring gauge cigar. It's one inch in diameter. Um, and then you have the length, which is typically in inches in America. Now, if you're in Europe or even South America, sometimes they'll go by millimeters. Um, but the girth is always ring gauge, right? 
So we'll uh, get into that a little bit more. But for size, it's how thick is the cigar and how long is the cigar. And then uh, the harder part, right, if you want to learn all of this, is the shape. So there's two main uh, buckets, right, the Parejo and the Figurado. Parejo is your traditional uh, round cap straight cigar. Uh, And there's really only three kind of different shapes for Parejo. You have your traditional, which is just Parejo. That's what it's called. That's your traditional. It's a round stick. It's square cut on one end, and it's round capped at the other. That's that's a Parejo. And then you have box pressed, which is the same thing, but they throw it in a box. Now it's kind of square. And then the last one, which is so rare, I'm not aware of any on the market right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's your culebra, uh, which means snake. That's where they take the three and they twist them together. And uh, you're, what you're supposed to do is like for a wedding or something, you buy one of these and then you separate them. And one goes to the groom, one goes to the best man, one goes to the father of the bride. But you're actually supposed to smoke all three together. Right. That's the correct way to smoke it. And they're typically like all three different. It's almost like three uh, cigarillos or lanceros twisted together. And they're different. But when you smoke them together, it's a totally different experience. Um, I follow a beautiful uh, blender from Florida, actually. Um, On Instagram, I should say. I follow her on Instagram. And she rolls those. And she always posts them. I I wish I knew her name. Mm. But those cigars look beautiful. You know, I'll bet if she was advertising on this show, we could remember her name. I know, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so those are your uh, Parejos. And then you have the Figurado. Um, the traditional Figurado is the Torpedo. Um, that is basically like a regular Parejo cigar, except the end that you put in your mouth comes down to a point, right? Um so one of the benefits of a torpedo is you can sort of clip the end, and if you're not drawing enough smoke, you can clip a little bit more off. So with a torpedo, you always want to start, you know, with not taking off too much, and then take off a little bit more if you need to, a little bit more if you need to, right? Um, and then you have the bellicoso. The, the bellicoso is like a uh, bastard child of a torpedo and a parejo, where it just has a, it does come to a point, but very rapidly, Right, so it's a very sudden radius from perpendicular to coming to a point. It's harder than a torpedo to like take more off if you need to, um, but it provides a bigger shoulder than a standard Pareto. the The problem with a standard cigar is if you overclip, you're screwed. You can't undo it. Yeah, the Bellicoso. It's hard to take off too much. It's hard to take off more. So that's your Bellicoso. Then you have the pyramid or pyramid. Um, that's like widest at the uh, end, and then it sort of slopes gradually, like at an angle, and then at the end turns into a torpedo. So the head of the cigar is narrower than the foot, um, but then it has a torpedo end to it. And then you have the perfecto, which. Uh, this is actually my favorite cigar shape, but it's sort of like a double torpedo. Like, it's a torpedo on both ends. Um, I really like that particular uh, shape, 
because it has the torpedo end where I can take off more mm-hmm. uh, if I need to to get more smoke. And then the way that it burns, like when you first start out, um, it's extremely rich because of the ratio of the, the wrapper to everything else. Um, and the draw is a little more uh, difficult, a little stronger, harder draw. And then it opens up and it mellows out and you're getting more smoke. And so like the experience changes as you smoke it. So I really like it. And then you have to be a really skilled roller to make them. Right. And so the construction is always usually pretty good. Um, and then of course the, uh, final classic, like generally agreed upon figure auto is the chisel. Um, I'm not sure like why they came up with the chisel tip. Like if it has some special, uh, reason for being, um, I tried like Googling it. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. I'm not too sure, but they are pretty interesting. All right. So those are your, uh, kind of your big categories of shape that everybody agrees on. And this is where the complication comes in is you have companies that uh, come up with their own Vitolas in order to, like, it's for branding, right, purposes. And so there are some Vitolas you'll see, like, on the box that, um, you know, maybe you uh, don't recognize. You know, why, why are they calling this a Grand Rotunda, you know? <laughs> I mean, right. well, it's a branding issue, you know, for that, that particular uh, cigar company and so uh, that's why I went over like the generally accepted shapes first like anything that you smoke can fall into one of these shapes now when you combine the shapes with the size that is the length and girth that's when you start getting into uh, your more complicated vitolas because you have one name that includes both the shape and the size so a gordo for example that's is my a, favorite, by the way. Your favorite, right? I love Gordo cigars. A Parejo shape, a ring gauge of, what do you say the smallest Gordo is? I usually see them about 6 by 60. 6 by 60 is definitely your normal, right? right. Um, they do get bigger than 60. They don't really get smaller. Um, and anything shorter than a 60 is not really a Gordo. Mm. Um, and again, that's where the complication comes in. Like, what's a nub? A nub is half a gordo. Right. You know, so what do you call it? You know, well, you call it a nub. Uh, <laughs> right. So starting with the shape of Parejo, now you have, you're combining the size with the shape. Okay. So these are your traditional cigar Vitolas. Petite Corona or half Corona. That's going to be like your four and a half by 42. Then you have the Gordito. That's like your four and a half by 60. Um, That's really similar to a nub. Maybe a little longer than a nub, but uh, Gordito. Then you have your Robusto. This is a very common um, Vitola. Also, sometimes it's called a Rothschild. Mm -hmm. Um, That's your five by 50. Then you have your Corona. That's usually like five and a quarter by 42, so it's longer and narrower. Then you have your Toro. That's your six by 50, standard size. And then your Gordo, which is six by 60. And then you have uh, your Panatella. That's almost, we would almost call it a Cigarillo, maybe a little longer, but that's like a six by 34. Your Lonsdale or Cervantes, that's your six and a half by 42. 
And then you have your Churchill, which is sometimes called a Toro Grande because it's a 48, like a Toro, but it's typically seven inches long, right? Your Lancero, which is seven and a half by 38, so long, narrow ring gauge. Then your double Corona, which is literally a double Corona because that's like a seven and a half by 50. And then your Grand Corona or Presidente, which is nine and a half by 47, 48, something like that, right? So best thing you can do is Google image search, um, like cigar sizes, and you can kind of put like a shape to the name. Um, and that also helps when you have some of those special branding type of cigars. Uh, what is it really? You know, they're, they're calling it something fancy and cool, but what is it really, or what is it close to? Right. This will be an excellent show for the nerds that want to dive really deep into the you know, cigars and really get an understanding of what they're smoking. I think this will be a great episode for that. Yeah, definitely, because what you have is three variables, right? You have the shape, then you have the length, and then you have the girth, and how you combine them together determines the Vitola. Mm-hmm. Um, now, those were all Parejo sizes, right? Those are traditional recognized Parejo sizes, or Vitolas, I should say. Um, what about Figurados? Uh, so with the uh, Figurado, you have five universally recognized Vitolas, right? You have the Torpedo, that's a 6x48. You have the Bellicoso, which is typically a 55 by 50 um, You have the Pyramid, which is 6x52. And again, the um, ring gauge is typically at the uh, foot of the cigar. And you remember it's slowly getting narrower. So it gets down to like a 48 and then torpedoes off. Right? And then the Salomon or Salomon Perfecto, which is a 7 and a quarter or so by 57. Again, that ring gauge is in the middle of the cigar. It uh, tapers down on both ends. And then the Diademas Perfecto, which is 8 by 55. So it's like a big Salomon. Right. So Perfecto, that's the shape. The Salomon Perfecto, seven, seven and a quarter by 57, something like that. The Diademas is bigger. So it's eight by 55. It's a little narrower in the middle, typically, uh, than a Salomon, which is my preferred shape, uh, and longer, which also means longer smoke. So that's pretty much all I have for this episode. I think we can probably give this another another go in another episode. There's so much to unpack here. I think we should. I think the main takeaway for all of our listeners out there is there are three dimensions uh, to the Cigar Vitola. One is the shape, one is the length, and one is the girth. And we will not make any jokes about that. <clears throat> but that's your, uh, <laughs> that's your Cigar Vitolas. And with that, it's time to talk about what really grinds our gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Keith, what really grinds your gears today? Oh, man, I got a good one. So when I'm in a lounge, or really anywhere in the world, but more specifically when I'm, in, when I'm hanging out in the lounge, there's always, always that guy that will want, that just wants to one-up you in every conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, They have more money than you. They smoked a better cigar than you've had. They, they've been all over the world, and they, they just got to rub it into your face. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate seeing this guy. I don't want to talk to this guy. It just spoils the mood. Don't tell me about your three wisdom tooth tail. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. 
you know, you can, you can have a guy who's like, you know, they're enjoying a nice cigar, they're having a Padron, and some guy would be like, oh, well, you know, while I was in the, the, the Swiss Alps, I enjoyed that cigar, you know, or I was sailing on my yacht to the Caribbeans and I had that cigar and had a really great time there. It's like, my guy, you had the cigar, that's all I needed to hear. I have 10 boxes of these in my basement. Right, yeah. Perfect example, you know, one of our guys, you know, one of our guys, he, he was so proud that he converted this beautiful shelf into a nice humidor. It's like one of those kitchen cabinet kind of things. He converted that to a humidor. He was showing me pictures. Of, it's all hand, you know, hand done. Looks beautiful. It's great. It holds about a thousand cigars in it. And this guy, not even involved in the conversation, walks on over. He's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I took one of our walk-in closets that we don't use in the house, and I converted that, and that can hold about 30,000 cigars. I bought a farmhouse out in the country, and it's just a walk-in humidor now. Right, yeah. <laughs> I pull up in my uh, Porsche Panamera and just load up the trunk once a month. Right. Now, when I was out with the uh, Viceroy of Montpellier, and we were on his 60,000-foot yacht, we were smoking 17 <laughs> boxes of these, and let me tell you what, with that whiskey and the babes, and let me tell Yeah. Yeah, I didn't... Yeah. You know, we can talk about how, you know, we like Buffalo Trace, and there's that guy who's like, oh, I got like 20 bottles in my... In my personal bar. Okay, okay, guy. Well, that's the same mash bill as the uh, uh, Four Roses that you can buy for twelve nine nine. So if you're really smart, you would... <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm special. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, there's always, always somebody in the world who has more money, who, ha you know, better looking, who's more traveled. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, if he walks into this lounge, everybody would shut up because we can't compete. You know, this guy is world class. And he what's is, the difference? The difference is Arnold would make you feel special. He would. He would. He wouldn't he act would compliment that way. you. And I'm going to give a little tip to everybody out there while we're talking about one-upping. The definition of a gentleman is somebody who makes the person they're talking with feel better after the conversation rather than worse. And it's so easy to build relationships and have a good community if you are just self-aware enough to stop being such a self-centered asshole. That's right. All right. Yeah, so what, uh, what grinds your gears, John? What grinds my gears? Mismatched clothes. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and be a little petty here, but we're grown-ups. It's okay to take the extra two seconds to look nice. I'm not saying that you have to you know, dress out of the Michael Kors catalog. What I'm saying is just match your clothes. Don't wear stuff that clashes. You don't want to, you know, stand out as somebody that, uh, you know, doesn't put thought and attention to yourself because if you don't care for yourself, then who's going to care for you? Right. Now, are you saying that just by color or are you saying that by the occasion? Like if I had a bla if, let's say I had a blazer, right, and some gym shorts and flip-flops, but they're matching colors, would that grind your gear still? Yeah, that would grind my gears. I mean, it depends. If you were like going to a crypto conference, you could probably pull that off. But for, for the <laughs> shout out to Dan <laughs> Kelly, right? <laughs> shout out for sure. But you know, yeah, I mean, y you do want to match to the occasion. I'm not going to wear a three piece suit to, you know, go collect garbage, right. and I'm not going to wear my garbage man outfit to the cigar lounge. Um, Ooh, that's a good one too. Yeah, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with like sweatpants and a sweatshirt, but you know. Like, they should match. And then don't wear that with a pair of, you know, $400 monk strap shoes. Wear it with sneakers. Right. You know? But then, you know, if you're going to wear sneakers with your suit, you better have, like, some problems with your feet. And they better be nice sneakers, you know. Shout out to Dr. House. Um, right. <laughs> but, yeah, the, matching to the occasion, matching, 
the wardrobe to itself, matching textures, matching colors. Sure, you can get into it as much as you want, but the point is nobody is going to respect you more than you respect yourself. Amen. If you find that person, that's like a saint. You know, that's like Mahatma Gandhi or, or, or some Zen monk. But for the rest of the population, they assume you want to be treated the way you treated yourself. Right? I like that. So that's what grinds my gears. And uh, with that, let's return to the cigar. I'm down into the second, third, uh, first comment. I know that I'm talking a lot, so I'm not puffing on the cigar as much as I should. But I'm puffing enough. I haven't had to relit. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's burning nice and even. And uh, my, my first thought is it's much stronger than it was in the first third. And that's something I have to compliment. Neither one of us had to touch up the cigar it it burned evenly the whole way through consistently too like there's no there's no holes there's no inconsistency that burn line is strong no this is a very well constructed cigar and i would say that at the price point of 1725 um you're getting your money's worth absolutely it's a Every well time. well constructed cigar um yes very impressed with how it's burned um and going back to the flavor, definitely a full-bodied cigar. I think the pepper has picked up for me. I think I'm tasting more of the sun-grown uh, Nicaraguan tobacco now. Um, the chocolate is still there, and it's yeah. like that rich, creamy overtone just hasn't gone away. Um, let me take a few puffs and while you share your thoughts. Yeah, so I've been chugging down my coffee. So for me, that spice, it's kind of numbed. For me, I'm getting more... That espresso flavor is coming out because of the coffee. You know, I'm getting a lot more of that cream, that velvety mouthfeel, that silkiness, that smoothness. A lot, a lot of that cocoa espresso flavors. And like you said earlier, that mouthfeel from when you have like a bite of almonds or some kind of cashew. Just a great overall experience. And I'm thinking one of these days, you know, we keep complimenting, complimenting these cigars. And one of these days, you know, we got to smoke a cigar that just sucks. Yeah, yeah. I need to. I'm sure it's going to happen by accident or otherwise. So I'm going to add another compliment to this cigar. You know, when we talk about the cigar smoking experience, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. But if you're going to go out of your way to, you know, enjoy a cigar in the lounge, especially one that costs this much, you want to involve all your senses. And I talked the other week about wine tasting. You know, they clink the glass. You know, mm. to involve their ears. They swirl the wine, look at the legs to involve their eyes, you know, nose, taste, all of that. And you can do something similar with cigars. And I just want to compliment the feel of the wrapper in my fingers. This wrapper has a delightfully tactile finish that's almost like velvet. Or do you know what flocking is? No, I do not. So it's that fuzzy layer that you'll see sometimes on tables like this poker table mm -hmm. now this has cloth spread over it but sometimes you'll have tables where it's literally they put down a layer of glue and then they blow fuzz on top of mm. it and that's called flocking and this cigar feels flocked it has that uh, very tactile feeling okay. like velvet in your fingers and it actually adds to the experience quite a bit you know it feels like i'm holding something that is substantial and special and it just adds to the overall experience so you had mentioned earlier you just said uh sometimes a cigar is just a cigar were you quoting bukowski there 
I think I was. I think he said yes, that sometimes I, I, the story is just a story and the cigar is just a cigar. I think it's something like that. Or maybe that was Bill Clinton. But somebody, somebody said <laughs> <laughs> somebody, that now. Somebody said a cigar is just a cigar, and we will now credit me for that. Um, yeah, I would say uh, where does this cigar fit in my uh, cigar smoking repertoire? Um, okay, so I think it's easiest to start out with what this cigar is not, right? Like, this is not a boating cigar. I would say it's not a boating cigar, but it is a yacht cigar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally different. So let me backtrack. That was not Bukowski that said that. That was Sigmund Freud. I'll bet he would have a field day with Bill Clinton. Oh, my God, yeah. So I would agree this is definitely not a boating cigar. This is not a fishing cigar. Nor not is a lawn mowing cigar. No, no. This is... It's um, not an activity cigar. No. And I will tell you, I'm halfway through... And uh, the strength has picked up to the point where I think if you smoke this cigar down, you're going to want to be seated and um, maybe have a full stomach. I wouldn't call it a breakfast cigar. No, even though we're having this at 9.50 (laughs) a.m. with our coffee. No, this is definitely a cigar that, you know, a celebratory cigar. Mm -hmm. This is a very good cigar for, you know, post-dinner. I was going to say... After a steak dinner, yes. this cigar would hit the spot. Or with. Or with a steak or with, dinner. Or with. Um, Look at that ash, man. It's holding perfectly. I mean, this is a very well-constructed cigar. I love it. Yeah, so celebratory. Um, you're on the boat. You're not necessarily like fishing on a boat, but if you're... Like on a yacht. You're on a yacht. Thing. You guys are anchored, and you're just hanging out and drinking. Whatever it may be, you're I celebrating. Think, I think this is a cigar that I would want to pay attention to. Yes. I, I would say this is probably not a cigar to do while you're doing something else. Yeah. Um, I think this is the kind of cigar, like, I want to enjoy a cigar. Mm-hmm. And and not that it, you couldn't do those other things. It's just it would be a waste. Right. Because there's so much nuance and flavor and experience with it. You know, I feel like this is the kind of cigar you want to sit down and enjoy it. This is Here we go. Here's a new category, a lounge cigar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I'll say, you know, this is a poker cigar or a football cigar. No, this is, you want this to be the experience, the highlight of that, mm-hmm. of that smoke. And I feel like it's a great, great lounge cigar to smoke with another cigar passionado. You know, someone that you can talk about it with. Because I think sharing our tasting notes and, you know, kind of doing this together... Um, heightens my enjoyment of it. Like, this is mm-hmm. the kind of cigar you can actually talk about right. while you're smoking it. Um, it is that good. And I would say that uh, in terms of value, you know, uh, it's a decent value. Like, for 1725 it's not an affordable cigar, but you definitely get your money's worth. I mean, right. for this cigar, in this size, you know, 6.5 by 52 is a decent amount of tobacco, I can see this retailing for, you know, low 20s and be perfectly fair. Which in some states are going to find that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they probably have to keep the MSRP down because of these communist states like Vermont that want to put cigars mm-hmm. out of business. <clears throat> or New York, how they're incenting, what is it, a, a 125% sales tax, I believe, on tobacco? Or yeah, cigars? You, you fuckheads in New York need to get your shit together. I think um, it's, it's currently at 75%, and they're going to up it to 125 That's insane. Let me explain economics to you and how you can make more tax revenue or not. But anyway, I think they could charge more and it would still be fair. So I oh, see yeah. this as a, a really good value. Like if, if you want a 
Well, don't don't, don't tell them that because they might do it. <laughs> they, they might. Yeah, <laughs> ne- next year it's gonna cost more. Um, so worth the price. Now I've smoked some good cigars that were overpriced. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna name them. We can smoke them on the show, <laughs> <He> maybe. <laughs> <He> <laughs> Anything that starts with a co and ends with a ba. Um, <laughs> you know, like they're good cigars, but they're overpriced. I don't think this one is. I think if anything, it's maybe underpriced a little bit. So I like that feature of it. It's underpriced until this, this podcast gets big. Then, I mean, right, you know. right. <laughs> then everyone, we're going to start getting the hate mail and stuff like right. that. So how how much does a movie ticket cost these days? It's hmm. like what, like 12 bucks for a matinee. Right. You know, get your popcorn, get that. By the end, of, by basically by the end of your ticket, you're gonna be paying about like twenty bucks. I would much rather in that hour and a half that I'm sitting there, I'd rather have the cigar than watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe watch a movie with the cigar, but I'm just saying, like, I'd rather for that price, twenty bucks ish. It's a good, it's a good uh, cost per time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So we are about ready to wrap up. Do you have any closing thoughts on the Oliva Siri V Milanio Maduro? I mean, we pretty much nailed everything. Um, interesting Vitola. Very fun cigar. Very flavorful. Well worth the money. I think it's mature, right? I wouldn't say that it's serious, mm-hmm. but it's definitely mature. It's got, uh, it just hits everything. It hits the mouth feel and the palate. It hits the finger feel and tactile mm-hmm. sensation. The uh, flavor is uh, bold and complex, and it changes as you smoke it. The construction is superb. I'm holding like a one inch ash right now with no problem. Um, construction is great. That ash right now. Yeah, I mean, ten out of ten for sure, and it's at a good, reasonable price point. And uh, that's it. All of us here V Melania Maduro. You can pick one up here at Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, for seventeen twenty five. Or a box of 10 for $138, a savings of $35. So drop into your local brick and mortar and pick yourself up a box and enjoy them with yourself or a friend. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.